This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We're going to get to the Ron DeSantis announcement here in just a second. And it's primary time, and it gets a little messy sometimes. So you might be a big DeSantis person, you might be a big Trump person, you might like somebody else. But there's something we can all unite on for 2024. Anyone but... Joe Biden. Yes, anyone but Biden 24. The merchandise is up at stewdoesmerch.com. Code is stew10. You'll get 10% off. We get the mugs. We get the shirts. Anyone but Biden 24. From a distance, they're going to think you're a Biden fan. And then you're going to walk up near them, and all of a sudden they're going to see it, and they're going to be very disappointed if they're on the left and very excited if they're on the right. It's a lot of fun. Anyone but Biden 24. Get yours today at stewdoesmerch.com. The code is stew10. Stew does America. All right, Glenn Beck is going to be here in a couple of minutes to talk about how our American dream is being stripped away. Renowned black woman Joy Behar has a few brilliant racial insights we're going to be going over. But we start by doing Ron DeSantis 2024. This is the day. This is it. This is the day the campaign really begins. Yes, we've had lots of shenanigans leading up to this point, but reality, it wasn't really a race until DeSantis got into it. And now he is into it. We're going to go through all the details on that here in just a couple of minutes as we go through his announcement. I mean, he, you know, DeSantis, of course, has now filed the actual official paperwork. So this is official. He is in the race and obviously one of the top challengers for Donald Trump. Uh, and he announced it on, uh, on the Twitters. Yes, uh, Elon Musk w was the host. Ron DeSantis set to announce the 2024 run on Twitter, um, which is, I guess, uh, it's pretty notable. I mean, we're seeing a real shift in the media. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow and give you some of the announcement uh, interview itself. Uh, of course, Vanity Fair did not like it. They said, Ron DeSantis will formally announce his 2024 bid with Elon Musk because apparently <laughs> David Duke wasn't available. <laughs> oh, they nailed that, Elon Musk. Apparently now David Duke, uh, pretty much the same as the creator of the world's largest electric car company. I, I, I mean, it is bonkers how fast they've turned on this guy. It, it really is. And by the way, I should point out, Elon Musk, an actual African-American. And, uh, and uh, David Duke wouldn't like him for that reason, I would assume. Anyway, um, the Trump team uh, has knocked DeSantis' Twitter campaign launch. His, they said, quote, this way he doesn't have to interact with people. I don't know. I mean, this was this has been the the knock on DeSantis over the past six months or so. He's just not one of these guys that likes to, you know, glad hand. He doesn't like to work a room like Donald Trump does. Donald Trump is very very good at this. Like, this is something he's been, you know, doing his entire life. I don't think DeSantis or anybody else in this race is going to come close to being as good at that particular activity as Donald Trump is. Though, from people that I have talked to who have interacted with him directly, this is a little overblown. Uh, he seems to be fine in a room and seems to be comfortable. He just doesn't prioritize it like some other candidates. We'll see. He's going to need to going through this process. Unfortunately, this is part of it. But I thought today maybe we could take a minute and go through the race as uh, where it stands now. 
where we should be thinking about these candidates as far as their chances of actually winning the Republican nomination. I thought we'd do this maybe in tiers, right? We have tiers of candidates that are there. A lot of people are getting in. And there was this moment, I don't know, four or five months ago, maybe six months ago, where we thought, is this going to be more like maybe the 2000 election where you had George W. Bush and John McCain and a few others that were in there, but really it was a two-person race and it was maybe four or five actual candidates in the race from the beginning. The answer to that is no. We're going to have Oh, well over a dozen, I think. And I don't know, we may approach what we had back in 2016. Now, not all of them are serious candidates, uh, but it is going to be a pretty heavy race. And the question is, will these candidates stay in the whole time and divide this up? So whoever the winner is, you know, winds up winning the primary with 27, 28 percent of the vote. That really is going to be the interesting thing to watch. Of course, we start in Iowa, we go to New Hampshire, and then we go to South Carolina. And it's going to be a fascinating next 18 months as we go through the primary process and then into the general election. So let's start at the very bottom, uh, Tier 5. We're going to call this Tier 5. Now, Tier 5, here's what I, how I would describe Tier 5. Basically, you have no chance to become president of the United States. You have no chance to become the Republican nominee. You're basically at roughly 0.1%, and that's probably being generous. There's a bunch of candidates in this world, and what I would say here with these tiers is not each candidate has a 0.1% chance of winning, but I'm saying if you combine all of the chances of everyone in the category, they have about a 0.1% chance of winning. Let's go through them, and we start with the guy who was the first person in this entire field to announce, you know him, I know him, we've all been talking about him, Corey Stapleton. Yes, the Corey Stapleton. Obviously, I don't need to tell you, he's from Montana, and uh, he'll be one of the people in the race. Uh, next up, Asa Hutchinson. Yes, I'm putting them in the same category. Hutchinson was a governor uh, of, of Arkansas, and is trying to come off with this, hey, I swear, I'm not mean like Donald Trump type of republicanism that the electorate has zero appetite for right now. I mean, that, I don't think this is all, I mean, they didn't even have this appetite when John Huntsman was running. Asa Hutchinson is trying to do basically the same thing, which I don't know if you remember, the John Huntsman thing didn't go anywhere either. He's at uh, tier five. Doug Burgum. Yes, I know. Everyone's been talking about Doug Burgum lately at the Burgum household. Uh, they've been talking about him quite a bit. He is uh, from North, North Dakota, the North Dakota governor, and has been rumored to get in. He's not officially in yet, so don't get too excited. Then you have Will Hurd, another guy who's kind of the anti, a never Trump type of guy who's a, you know, a, you know, a weaker on the border. He's known for his uh, sort of uh, going against the Republican orthodoxy on the border and several other issues. Uh, he's been rumored to get in the race, not in yet. And if there's anybody interesting a little bit here in this in this 0.1% uh, type tier, tier five, is Francis Suarez. He is rumored to get in. Now, you might not know that name. He's the mayor of Miami. And he's younger. He's a good-looking dude. Uh, he's from a, an exciting city that's doing very, very well. He has a very, you know, good-looking family. He's, he could, you could see this guy getting in, and he's not in yet, but you could see him getting in and doing a Mayor Pete, right? A guy no one's really heard of, all of a sudden he gets on, he has a good interview or so, maybe a good debate, and then rises up to eight, nine, 10%. Could he have a moment like that? 
Maybe. Could he be a potential VP conversation for somebody? Maybe. Uh, but he is trying to raise his profile most likely with this run if he does it. So that's the tier five candidates. Let's go up to tier four. Now, tier four, I would say, if you combine everybody in this category, maybe they got a 1% chance. Not a point one but a 1% chance of getting the nomination. We start with Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Now, Abbott, on paper, should be higher than this. Um, And you can make an argument he should be a little higher. The problem with Abbott seems to be uh, that he doesn't have a lot of excitement about him in Texas. And I think it's hard to imagine him with a successful run for president when in Texas, I would say, you know, I'm here all the time, People are a little lukewarm on him. Now, he's done a good job on big issues like the like abortion, for example. He's, you know, Texas has led the way on that. I mean, we didn't even wait for Roe versus Wade to be overturned. We're like, screw it, we're going for it anyway. Um, then there was uh, the uh, the border and all the busing from the border. That's really, you know, centrally a Greg Abbott uh, thing. Now, Ron DeSantis has got a lot of credit for that. The one, t- one real time he did it was to fly people up uh, to Martha's Vineyard, which got a lot of press. But I mean, this whole movement of busing the migrants up to other cities has really been more of a Greg Abbott thing. And uh, that's a big one. He's not been incredibly uh, you know, conservative on some issues. Uh, he has been good on the school choice issue. He's been pushing that hard. That has not gone through yet. So we will see. I, I, again, I think you can make an argument he should be higher. But because he doesn't have that home field sort of support and excitement, I think he's a real long shot if he gets in the race. Someone who is in the race is Larry Elder. Now, Larry Elder is a talk show host. Of course, he ran for Republican governor. Now, it's hard to win in California uh, as a governor because you're going in a really blue state. This is going to give him more access to a Republican voting field who I think are, you know, really like Larry Elder and like his messaging and realize he's a very good communicator. When you're a good communicator, there's a good chance in a debate, if you can get there, that you may shine and get a lot of people to get excited about it. People might go out and see Larry Elder at a speech and get excited about Larry Elder. He's very, very good, and he's a, he's a very media savvy. So a chance that maybe he could have a pop in this election, but still a long shot. Chris Sununu is next. Now, Sununu, again, is one of these moderate candidates. I don't think the Republican uh, electorate has any appetite for someone like Chris Sununu right now. What I will say is that his state, his home state, happens to be second on the list here in the order. So you get through Iowa and all of a sudden you're in New Hampshire. And is it possible that Chris Sununu, if he decides decides to get in, he's not officially in yet. Um, Larry Elder is, by the way. Uh, Sununu, could he get to 10 percent in you know New Hampshire and then... You're a little bit in the conversation. You're at least certainly on the debate stage. So uh, you can't rule him out completely. He's in tier four as well. Uh, next up, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Yes, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is, you know, again, a very media savvy, savvy guy, very smart, uh, has been pushing very hard um, uh, early on. He has some money. He's got some cash. He's got some good connections. He's got some good media chops. And again, another guy who, if, if, if Vivek makes it into a primary, he will have a few good moments. He's very smart. He's very quick on his feet. He's very well-spoken. And he's the type of person that can shine in that type of format. Now, he's also very unknown uh, and it's going to be very difficult for him to build the type of uh, infrastructure to win this primary. He's the type of person you could see being looked at as a vice presidential candidate for somebody as well. Uh, but he's in tier four as well. And finally, Chris Christie. Now, you might say, Chris Christie, you mean that guy last seen um, 
like a beached whale on a you know a New, New Jersey beach as they were having uh, some sort of uh, you know massive problem in the state. That guy, yeah, yeah, he's coming back. It looks like it looks like he's going to run. He is of course gone. If you remember this transition from. Um, uh, running for president, uh, as a, he was. A, we started off as a governor. He was super conservative. Then he became super moderate. Then he entered the race. Uh, he wound up um, attacking Marco Rubio almost exclusively. Uh, shook up his campaign. Then failed. Then started kissing Trump's butt. Looked like he was going to get a cabinet position with Trump. That fell apart. Then he turned into a Trump opponent. I mean, the guy's been all over the board. But I will say this: the media really likes. Chris Christie. They like someone who's aggressive, who will say bad things about Donald Trump consistently, and he will get a lot of media attention if he actually runs. And like Vivek Ramaswamy and a couple of other guys in this field, Larry Elder, if he can get on a debate stage, he'll have some good moments. I mean, he is a fighter and he's quick on his feet and he will do a decent job in this debate. Does he have any chance of winning this? I mean, I basically don't think he does, uh, you know, but he will be a guy that he will either take out other candidates around Trump or he will go right after Trump and see what can happen. I don't think Republican voters are going to react to that, but because he'll get enough media attention, you throw him in in tier four. Again, all these guys combined, maybe a 1% chance of winning uh, the nomination. Next up is tier three. Now, what I would say here is everyone in tier three has about a 5% chance of winning the nomination. Not a huge, maybe, maybe you, could, you could talk me into 10%. I'd say it's more like 5% probably. Uh, and it's, these are candidates that have, generally speaking, um, decent profiles to be the next Republican nominee, uh, have some uh, support from the institutions that you usually need to get on your side, uh, can probably raise some money, have some good connections. Are they going to light voters on fire? That might be another question. We start with Nikki Haley. Now, Nikki Haley, uh, of course, all, already has announced she's been doing a lot of press, but honestly, there's not a huge amount of buzz about the Nikki Haley thing right now. I don't think that she's the right fit for this particular era of Republican politics. Um, you know, for example, she was critical of DeSantis on his Disney thing, basically saying, hey, you know, move Disney up to South Carolina. We'd love all those jobs. And that seems like something you'd say in 2008. Right. Like it just doesn't feel like 2023 at all to me. You know, I like Nikki Haley generally, but it's going to be a tough road for her. You kind of see Nikki Haley is running for VP right now. Uh, We will see if that's accurate. Next up, just launched this week, Tim Scott. Scott's launch, I think, left something to be desired. Uh, It was a little weird. Uh, If you saw the footage of it, he was super excited, I think, trying to to force that sort of optimistic Republican vibe. There's some criticism of him, of what he's done with uh, criminal justice reform, what he has done uh, on, uh, you know, particularly one judge from Oregon that he wound up blocking that I think was the wrong move. Although there's a lot to say for Tim Scott as well. I think some of the stuff he says that's positive for the, uh, for the party, kind of an optimistic vision, is something that, you know, used to at least connect with Republican voters. And I think you have to have some optimism. I I can't all just be doom and gloom. I just think the type of optimism Republican voters are looking for right now isn't exactly Tim Scott. And he has not been, he's a little awkward. You know, I I hear from people I know in, you know, conservative circles that have gone and seen Tim Scott uh, speak live, that he's great and he electrifies the room and everyone really loves him. 
But I will say, I don't get, I don't feel like it comes through, at least on television. Uh, you know, he's not a bad interview. He's, uh, you know, has some really interesting things to say at times. He's good on a lot of topics. But, I, you know, I don't know that that's going to happen. Next up, Mike Pence. Now, Mike Pence, I think you could fairly say there's no chance Mike Pence is winning this nomination because if he were to rise to the level where he had it and got the nomination, uh, Donald Trump would do everything I think he could to sink him, uh, just be out of spite. <laughs> so that would be really hard to win a general. Uh, could he win the nomination? A real long shot. You know, again, this tier is still in the long shot category. What I would say about Mike Pence in his, if you're going to argue the positive for Pence winning the Republican nomination, it's this. The guy is always third in the polls. And we talk about a lot of other people here, but Mike Pence continually is third in the polls. There are a lot of people who liked the Trump-Pence administration who didn't, aren't crazy about Trump, especially what happened after the election, and thought Mike Pence did a good job uh, making sure he didn't cross any constitutional lines there at the end. And, you know, you can come up with an argument there. I don't think he set himself apart at all as, as a vice president. He is a little bit more traditional as a conservative, certainly, than the new era of more nationalist, populist sort of conservatism. Uh, does he have a chance? I mean, I would argue probably not. I mean, if I had an opportunity to get, you know, a few percentage on my dollar, I would be betting against him here. Um, but I, what I will say is you have to kind of have him in the mix here because he has some infrastructure. He has lots of connections. He uh, does have a, a decent amount of money that he could probably raise. And finally, he is just friggin' third in the polls. And that means something. That third is usually at something like 8%, but that's a much better starting point than someone like Tim Scott or Nikki Haley, who won't even show up half the time in the polls. Uh, next up, we have someone who's not in the race, Christy Noem. Now, Noem has had a, had a real moment in the early pandemic days, and it almost seems too long ago uh, for people to remember, she's not in the race. There hasn't been a lot of buzz about her getting in the race, frankly, but she's been a conversation point over the past two years. If you go back to uh, the pandemic, one of the pieces of criticism you'll, you'll see going back and forth between Trump and DeSantis is who was better during the pandemic, who called for fewer restrictions and all of that. A lot of times left out of that conversation is the fact that uh, Christy Noem never lockdown, never had a mask mandate. She was the sweetheart of America, American right there for a while uh, when it came to uh, the pandemic. That turned seemingly when we got kind of past the pandemic talk and got more into culture war talk. And she had vetoed or threatened to veto a couple of things uh, related to um, transgendered sports and, and such matters. And people kind of see her as fearful for taking on those culture war issues. She's also not a super exciting speaker. She's pretty smart and uh, I think is, you know, a, a formidable person, but I don't think it's going to necessarily show super well in a debate. We will see how that works if she gets in the race. Again, no news on that one yet and no real buzz uh, uh, on that one. But yeah, I think you have um, someone who has that sort of profile. There's at least a chance. Uh, the other one is Glenn Youngkin. He's in this tier. Now, Youngkin is not particularly well known nationally, but he does have a lot of money. He did win a race in a purple state. There's an argument for a guy like Glenn Youngkin who made education sort of his centerpiece. And education's super important right now. Um, winning in Virginia is difficult to do. He's not probably as conservative as some of the other candidates here. Uh, he initially said he was not going to run and lately has been leaking out, hey, maybe I'll reconsider. 
So we will see how that goes. Now, there's I, the, the, really nothing. You see the, the five uh, people in tier three there, which, again, combination, I give them about a 5% chance. Um, tier two and tier one are going to be kind of obvious here. Tier two, he announced today. Ron DeSantis, now, he's in tier two. Now, I would give Ron DeSantis right now somewhere between a 15 and 30% chance of winning this nomination. That seems probably worse than the perception, I think, right now. Um, but you have to understand how hard it is to beat someone like a former president in one of these things. It's really hard to do. And, you know, he does have a chance. He's the only one that's positioned at all to actually do this. All these other people are lottery tickets, profile builders, booksellers, VP uh, attempts. They, something could happen in those other three tiers. DeSantis is the only other guy who really has a, an obvious shot of winning. And if he if he shows well, if he does well, if he can handle the heat of Donald Trump, if he can handle the heat of a national spotlight even more than he's had over the past six months to a year, he'll he'll have somewhere to go there. And then, of course, tier one is Donald Trump, former president. I would say somewhere between a 60 and 75 percent chance of winning this nomination. Again, overwhelming favorite. That's how Trump should be thought of. It should not be thought of as a two-person race right now. It should be thought of an, as an overwhelming favorite and a guy who's got a shot and then a bunch of other people. That's really how to look at this race right now. Now, to, to give you a sense as to how Donald Trump is looking at this race, here's what he said when Tim Scott got into the race. Good luck to Senator Tim Scott at entering the Republican presidential primary race. It's rapidly loading up with lots of people, and Tim is a big step up from Ron DeSanctimonious, who's totally unelectable. So his pitch to Tim Scott is, hey, welcome to the race, because I don't see you as a threat at all. And by the way, you're better than that other guy who I actually do see as a threat. And then today uh, he came out when DeSantis announced and he said this, Ron DeSantis can't win the general election or get the nomination because he voted to obliterate uh, before I even get into why he's saying this. It's important to note at the end, he calls him a rhino. Okay, I want you to give you that sense. He calls him a rhino, and that's his idea, a Republican in name only. Here is his reasoning for this. He voted to obliterate Social Security. He wanted to raise the minimum age to 70. He voted to badly wound Medicare. I mean, is this guy? These are Democratic priorities. These are Democratic arguments. And I know Trump is seeing the political effectiveness of these types of arguments, but it is amazing. These are run-of-the-mill Bill Clinton Al Gore ads from the 90s. Uh, then you have, uh, he fought very hard and voted for a 23% tax on everything, sales tax. He's talking about the fair tax, which again was a Republican conservative priority. We can go through all these guys. We can talk about them to the end of time. We can make back and forth and, and try to, like, this is for you to figure out. This is what's great about our system. You get to look at all these people. We'll tell you as much information. We'll talk to a bunch of them here and on the radio program over the next uh, six months or so. We'll watch the debates. We'll, we'll, we'll make our own decisions individually. But it's important to note that there's one decision that's obvious. And of course, that is anyone but Biden 24. Go to StuDoesMerch.com. StuDoesMerch.com. The code is Stu10. Get your merch right now. Anybody but Biden 2024. It's available now at StuDoesMerch.com. You know, politics can be important, but think about something even bigger. Think, picture what it would be like if all of a sudden the global medication supply chain of antibiotics just disappeared right before your eyes. 
most of our medicine in this country is manufactured in places like India and China. And the candidates that we're going to vote for need to be thinking about prioritizing how we deal with that, because those countries are going to deal with their own problems first if there's a problem in supply chain. So what do you do when all of a sudden you or someone you love needs antibiotics? Are there simply none to be had? Well, the answer is you should have on, some on supply in case of disaster, and that's the Jace case. The Jace case from Jace Medical is a great way to keep yourself prepared for the worst. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, things like UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and a lot more. And it's a great way to be ready for shortages and perfect for traveling as well. Don't get caught unprepared. Prepared. Go to jacemedical.com and use the code STU at checkout. The promo code is STU at J-A-S jacemedical.com jacemedical.com it's the jace case from jace medical the code is stew this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real pos you need shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory shopify pos has everything you need to sell in person Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm joined now by Glenn Beck. He has a brand new special coming up tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. It is How Elites Robbed You of the American Dream. I assume this is just another one of those shows where you... Uh, you know, just say that people who don't look like you aren't welcome here. Yeah, because right? like this guy's too white. Put that back up on the screen, will you? Okay. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> look at that. Have you whitened him? He is way. He looks too more white. pasty than normal. Yeah. Joe yeah. Biden. So Walking Dead. Yeah. So Walking Dead. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, so you're special tonight. Yeah. Um, about an influx of crime. I haven't noticed. No. <laughs> really? No. It's it's really everything. The American dream if, of. What is the American dream? I mean, they would say, you know, owning a home and having a family, white picket fences. Right. That is actually the FDR American dream. He made it into, you know, white picket fence, a car and, a, you know, a chicken in every pot and you own your own home. That American dream is being stolen from you in lightning speed. Mm. But the real American dream was... I'm independent to do my own thing, to pursue my happiness. I'm not guaranteed anything. It's just on my merit, I can accomplish things. That also is gone. But if you look at some of the stats, um, let me just give you some of the stats, just crime. Look at, our cities are turning into Gotham, yeah. okay? There is, there's no justice anywhere. I have an update tomorrow on radio, um, uh, Ron DeSantis is going to be on because he's making his, um, he, he. Tonight he's making his uh, big God, you are so boring. I you, couldn't. You were in the middle of speaking, though. I can't be, I can't be held responsible for that, y'all. Oh, I just looked at you and I was like, ah, oh, oh, okay. Oh, visual, y'all. Anyway, um, so uh, he's going to be on the, ra uh, the radio program tomorrow. But we also have an update from last week's uh, special on The Reckoning. People are making calls, and Virginia has responded, and so we're gonna we're gonna get into that. But listen to the listen to these stats. Chicago murder rate is at a 25 year high. It's already high too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's yeah. not like it was yeah. a walk in the beach, you right. know, in the first place. Portland's homicide rate up 207 percent. Mm. Washington D.C. in the last 12 months 
Robberies are up 12%, homicides are up 15%, and sex abuse cases up 48%. Really, do you feel safe? Mm. Last year, U.S. postal workers were robbed 496 times at gunpoint. That is a 78% increase. Uh, you were talking, you showed me a thing today earlier. Uh, you showed me a map of Seattle. Yeah. And there's this big red zip code right. in Seattle. Where post office will no longer deliver until, <laughs> until things are you know, made secure for the, for the postal workers. Because work. of crime. Yeah. And, and tell me about this neighborhood. Is this... So this is the neighborhood. It's, uh, um, it's right on the water. So it's, it's on uh, Lake Washington. So Lake Washington, Bellevue comes down on this side, which is all Microsoft. Big money on that hill. And that looks towards Seattle. This hill comes down to the lake. And this is Bill Gates lives on this street. I mean, it's... <laughs> so really it's nice. really nice. Um, and half, Bill Gates is here. You go halfway down the lake. And this used to be very nice, too. Very, very nice. That's the red zone Jeez. Where, the, where the Postal Service is no longer safe to go. That's not a cheap area of Seattle. That's not like the crime. You don't even think of crime in that area when I was growing up. Wouldn't, wouldn't have been there. That's like, that was unaffordable when I was a kid. Now the Postal Service, I mean, they have destroyed these cities. This is city after city after city. City after city. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that people have had enough. I, I have great hope because of what happened with um, Budweiser, what's happening with um, Target. You know, if Target yeah. is a sustained um, boycott, people right now are just speaking out. So now they're taking all of the tuck bathing suits where guys can tuck things in and wear a women's bathing suit. They're taking that all and pushing it to the back. In some stores, they're getting rid of it entirely, but they're only doing it on those stores where people are complaining. Um, they still stand by all of it. Unlike Budweiser, who is, I mean, they've got a gun to their head. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. So what's the, what's the secret sauce here? Why? I mean, we, look, there's been a million efforts by conservatives to try to do this with Budweiser and with Target. Why is it working now all of a sudden? So it's not working necessarily with Target yet. yet. It's, yeah. It, it is. It have an impact. Yeah. It's had an impact. They are making changes. But if it goes away, it's done. They'll just do it again next time. Budweiser. And I think you're right on this. We've talked about this several times. You've gone to a party before, a wedding, I think. Yeah. And you, you had the choice of Bud Light, and you would have ordered Bud Light. But you didn't want to talk to people about... <laughs> about Dylan like, Mulvaney's why, why are you right. Why are you drinking a Bud Light? Right. I, I didn't want to have that conversation. Correct. Uh, even though I think I'd probably be on the same side as the person yeah. who was asking. It's just like, uh, I don't want to be talking about that right now. I'm at a wedding. I'm trying to have fun. Yeah. That's so a big I, change. I think that's a big change. Nobody wants to order. It's just become a marker. I don't know why this is it. I think it was just a straw that broke the camel's back, yeah. but it was a marker. And Target may be that way as well. Remember, nothing affected Coca-Cola. Nothing affected Nike. Now you've hit Anheuser-Busch, and if you get Target, you're going to start seeing the companies that don't want to be doing these kinds of things but feel forced into it, 
they're going to start coming the other way. But Target is going to be critical. Because yeah, I think a lot of this from these companies is the path of least resistance, yes. right? They, they're getting pressure because we should. this is part of the conversation with Anheuser-Busch. They also got pressure from the left. They're taking away their, yeah, uh, their ESG score. So people don't understand wh- where all of this was learned and why the banks are involved is because of Occupy Wall Street. Remember how Occupy Wall Street just kind of stopped? Yeah. That's because the big banks met with the big people of Occupy Wall Street and said, look, leave us alone. We will help you. Okay? We can accomplish some of your goals. Just leave us alone. Okay? So they partnered. Mm. And so now that's why they still have the Occupy Wall Street tactics. We'll destroy you. We'll picket you. We'll whatever. Because it's the same people. Except now they have the backing of the big banks as the enforcement to do it. So a lot of these companies, they're just like, I don't want to occupy Wall Street in front of my place. I, I, don't, I just don't want any of that hassle. Well, you don't have to have the hassle. We've already made a deal with them. You just do this ESG thing and we're fine. Mm, yeah, it's, it's a really dark road. Um, let me go back to uh, Ron DeSantis. You mentioned him earlier. He's on the radio program tomorrow in yeah. one of his first interviews since his announcement. Um, What we're talking about now seems to be, I think, a central part of his argument to be the nominee, right? He's able, his his argument is, I'm able to go in there and do these things and make a difference. The Disney thing is is a central part of this. Mm -hmm. The CRT pushback with the schools. uh, All the woke capitalism he's been trying to stop there. What what do you think his argument is to be president, and and do you think he can do it? It's all going to depend on what happens with Trump. You know, Trump, it's... I think it's Trump's for the losing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so let's watch. Let's watch Trump. He is DeSantis, I think, could do it. And the case for him is it's not executive orders. If he was doing all of this through executive powers, I wouldn't be excited about Ron DeSantis. But he's done it the right way and put it all in legislation and worked with the legislators in Florida to actually put things through and change the laws. We, can't, we cannot be a country that goes back and forth and back and forth. Um, and if, if you have, if, whoever is going to be the president, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a bloodbath. If it's a if it's a Republican, in what way? What do you mean? They've got to cut, cut, cut. They've got to get the. They've got to root out the big state. They got to collapse these giant institutions. So it's going to be a horror show. You can't have anything else going on. You don't want any self-inflicted wounds. You just want that done. Mission focused. Mission focused mm-hmm. the whole time. And you're not going to get it done in four years. So if Trump, if he's the president, mm. if he has a very strong vice president, I mean, somebody that you're like, that's a captain of the ship. That's then interesting. That is, that's an interesting play. So, I don't know if he will do that, but mm. you need somebody rock solid. That's the first I've heard that. So you, part of the DeSantis argument is this isn't a four-year job. You put right. Donald Trump in, you've only got four years. Unless Elect me, has, you get eight. Unless he has 
uh, a great vice president. Like uh, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis would be a dream team mm-hmm. for me because you'd get four years and possibly eight years after that, you'd have 12. You could change the nation back to where it needs to be if it was strong for 12 years. Hmm. Um, do you see anyone else in the field that will make noise? Will there be a moment for Tim Scott? Will there be a moment for Nikki Haley? Is there, is there anyone else? I don't think else? there will be for Nikki Haley. I hate to say that, but I just don't and you've think. I like you're friendly with Nikki Haley. Oh, yeah. I mean, I all like these people her. I think you are pretty friendly with at this point. I'm friends with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow, is that weird. <laughs> that is weird. Usually Isn't they hate us. weird? <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, not only hate us. Yeah. <laughs> I know all the people running for president. It just kind of dawned on me. It's kind of like, you know, still, we're still the goof-offs. Stupid radio hosts. radio yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, but I think, I think Tim Scott, uh, he's running for vice president. Mm-hmm. And I think he'd be, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that. I don't, you know. Yeah, you're, you're not quoting him. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think he could make an impact because he's good. He's good. Um, Nikki, I think, is just uh, just a step out of time, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Vivek, what do you think Vivek's role is here? I, I mean, he, know, he he's man. certainly good with the media. You like a lot. I know you I like the policies. I like his policies. You talked to him long before he was running for yeah. president many times. Um, is he, I think Vivek, I don't think anybody's going to take Vivek seriously. And he has told me before he just wants to, this is before he announced. Okay. Okay that he just wants to be in the debates to make sure that the common sense things are talked about, mm-hmm. okay? He wants to influence the policy, and I think that's really good. I, I, uh, I think he's fantastic. He's arguably the best communicator of the whole bunch. Oh, yeah. You know, him yeah. and yeah, DeSantis Dude, DeSantis Vivek, that would be good. Mm. He's a massive CEO. Um, he, he knows what he's talking about. He doesn't, he's a little like, uh, Elon Musk. He, he's not afraid of anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his ideas are so far out of the box of Washington that I think he should be listened to. I got about 30 seconds left. What do you, what do you make of the Elon Musk part of this announcement? The, the, I think it's brilliant. It's Ron DeSantis saying, uh, Elon Musk is outside of the regular Republican realm, and he is he's using uh, Musk instead of just making a speech could be ignored and forgotten. He's doing a one-on-one with Musk, who reaches out beyond the Republican Party, not to crazies, but reaches out and is seen as a total innovator and next generation guy. I think it was brilliant. Going to be a very interesting next 18 months. Yeah. (laughs) Pray for us. Yes, please. Uh, Glenn Beck, the new special tonight is How Elites Rob You of the American Dream. It's coming up next at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on Blaze TV. As always, the best way to watch is Blaze TV subscription, blazetv.com slash stew. You can use the promo code FEDUP and still get 30 bucks off, so you might as well try that. Save some cash. Glenn, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you. Ah, yes. We just talked to Glenn Beck. You know, he started a company uh, years ago called realestateagentsitrust.com. And that company has been hooking people up across the country with the best real estate agent possible for your real estate transaction needs, not some other 
you know, some other weird stuff that you might want to do with real estate agents, that's on you. I don't know. But when you're talking about real estate transactions, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. I think the other stuff's on other websites. Look, if you want to do your, you want to have someone who's actually coming to you with a proven record, someone who has amazing results, someone who knows what they're doing at their job, realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there. They'll find the best agent for you in your area and walk you through the entire process. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, they always say, if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you ain't black. And of course, the same is also true. If you don't watch Joy Behar on television, you also ain't black. That's uh, something we've known since the beginning of time. And Joy Behar tried to back that up as talking about the presidential campaign of Tim Scott, African-American Republican. Apparently, he doesn't know very much about racism. Watch. And he's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas, mm. black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African-Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it. Neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. Oh, OK. <laughs> 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 That's funny. That's funny how that white woman just told black people that they don't understand about racism. That wouldn't get you fired at any other time. I, any, you can get away with so much if you're on the left. You can just say anything. You can say anything. No one ever cares. Look, there's somewhere, so many places to go. Uh, the most obvious one being, I will tell you for certain that Tim Scott knows a lot more about racism than Joy Behar does. I mean, I, do I even need to go down that road? So let me not do it because that's what everyone's going to go. Let me go a different direction. If you believe you can avoid systemic racism by being a Republican, by being a person who believes in pulling yourself up from your bootstraps, if you, that's your world vision of the world, then maybe systemic racism isn't that big of a deal. Maybe it's not that big of a factor in a lot of the stuff you're talking about. If all you have to do is believe in low taxes to avoid it, maybe it's not the overwhelming thing that we should be talking about on an everyday basis and controlling all of our lives. I don't know. I'll have to ask Joy because, of course, she's the racism expert. We'll ask her maybe uh, tomorrow, um, next time I see her, um, or uh, never. Let me tell you about Grip6. It's a small company in Utah, sells uh, in the United States and all over the world, but it sources almost everything it uses to make its products right here in America. They've got stuff like belts. They've got wallets. They've got socks. I think they're even making pickleball rackets now. They do all the fun stuff, and they make this stuff with all American uh, ingredients, basically. They're, they're baking their cake every day with the most American ingredients you have. That's because they love this country. They actually care about it. You know, all these companies that we're constantly talking about that are doing all these wrong, woke, annoying things, that's not Grip6. They've gone the other direction. They just want to give you quality products made in America, and they want you to save 15% off right now. If you go to grip6.com slash stew, grip6.com slash stew, you can save 15% off if you use the code stew. It's grip6.com slash stew. If you walked into Target lately over the past couple of weeks, it, I mean, it looks like you're walking into a, a, a My Little Pony cartoon. It's just like rainbows everywhere, pride stuff everywhere, right in your face as you walk in. Well, they've had a little backlash over that. In fact, there's been a big internet response, and now Target is responding. They've been taking some of their LGBTQIA2 plus 
stuff and putting it uh, maybe towards the back. Uh, the pride is not as prideful, apparently, over at Target. And the Bud Light thing continues. <laughs> if you thought this was going to die down, apparently not yet. Uh, remember, they were talking about a 15% drop in sales initially. It got went up to 20, it got to 24 the last I saw it. Well, it went to 27.7%. Uh, the week of May 6th, and then the week of May 13th, the new number is out, down 28.4% Bud Light sales. That's remarkable. Uh, that is an incredible, incredible number, and it does not seem to show any signs of letting up. So I can tell you the panic is real over at Bud Light over this. At some point, we should really do an analysis as to why this one has worked and so many others have failed. But for now, let's have a beer and enjoy the ride. Yes, it's a beautiful campaign logo, and it's available for you right now on a T-shirt or a mug. Anyone but Biden24. And uh, it looks kind of like an actual Biden shirt, but if you look closely, oh, it says anyone but Biden24. I will say this. If Biden drops out of the race or some other big challenger gets in there, like Gavin Newsom or something, then we're going to pull these immediately from the web store. <laughs> but for right now, anybody but Biden. 2024. Get it at stewdoesmerch.com. Stewdoesmerch.com. The code is stew10. Stewdoesmerch.com. We will see you tomorrow.